0: Hi, I'm Daniel and a lot of the sermons we have at Kai Alpha Milwaukee, the speaker will have a few discussion questions for those in attendance. After the sermon, I sit down with pastors and directors of Kai Alpha Milwaukee, Jeff and Catherine Winkleman, to further this discussion. This show is designed to take the questions we've had in service and go deeper, and what better place to do this than the Winkleman's home, the Cambridge Cottage. Welcome to After Hours at the Cottage. Cool. Um, so Jeff, uh, we're a day removed from your sermon. Uh, not even 24 hours, like less than that. Um, but yeah, (laughs) after, um, processing through it and hearing different people's answers, um, for Jeff and Catherine guys, what do y'all think? Um, do you tend to view God through a mystical or methodical perspective? Um, why both?
1: Yeah. So I think I kind of set the question up obviously to, to expose the reality, you need both. Um, and I, I mean, I was the one who wrote the message, so it's, it's hard for me to just like identify this is where I am. Cause I ought immediately am, I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, but I also need the other one. Um, cause sure. I think we need God. We need to see God as, as he's clearly above us and beyond us as mystical. Um, but we need to see that he's is logical and he's methodical in that way. Um, I think, though, on a daily way, I tend to view God more in a meth- methodical way um, because I absolutely believe He's understandable, He's knowable. Um, but then I get caught up in wanting to understand everything as as someone who just always likes to mine out. Like, why is this? Why is this? Why is this? I want to? I, I want to grasp and hold all these things together. Um, I'm using my hands a ton, so you, sorry for those listening. You don't get to see my hand motions. Um,
2: <laughs> Everyone's really disappointed by that. <laughs> um,
1: but uh, I, I love to try to hold all the things together, and, and, make, and, and it makes sense. Um, but God being uh, mystical has to rem- remind me that he is beyond my understanding. He's beyond what I can comprehend. So I have to make room for him to be mystical, even though I tend to want to see him in a methodical way.
0: Yeah.
2: I think as I was thinking about this last night, it really depends on my season of life. I've gone back and forth. I think especially being surrounded by Christian community and very much embracing and wanting to grow in my faith at different times. I've seen, me not be strong in one of these areas. And as I pursue seeing God in one, I sometimes forget about the other. So it really depends on where I am in life and what's going on. One thing I do think that I find easy to do at times is to separate God from the mundane. Yeah. So, it's, it's easy at times we, I I agree with Jeff and we talk a lot about seeing God transforms, Jesus transforms in daily community, but sometimes it's still easy to separate him from our homework or separate him from our classes or he works in the methodical. He works in the mundane, but only in these certain areas. And I think that's what a lot of us tend towards.
0: Yeah. Definitely. I feel that a lot. Um, so going on to the next question, um, have you guys been cut to the heart before and what was that like for you?
1: Yeah. So as I was talking with students, I I, I was trying to describe what I think this even means when we say cut to the heart. Um, and, and I have to imagine it to be like that conviction. You feel like, Oh, I, I, I'm convicted of something I've done, um, and I mean from on a on a micro scale. Like I think that happens daily for me. I'm like, oh man, I didn't handle that right, or I didn't, I didn't, I didn't respond the way I know I should. You know, and so that's that Holy Spirit like conviction moment. Um, but I think in this scene in Acts two is it's it's an even deeper level of these people seeing something that's, that's way bigger. It's like that, uh, <laughs> that moment when you walk into your class and you realize there's an exam today and I didn't even study, you know, that, uh, that's a, maybe a negative, m- negative, uh, description here of being cut to the heart. Cause I think there's also a really positive thing, but <laughs> that sinking feeling like, oh shoot, and there's no way to wiggle out of it. I think that's kind of uh, how I describe cut to the heart. Um, and I'm trying to get a good story. I don't know if you have one, Catherine. I of.
2: don't have a story. And I I think from last night, different people viewed cut to the heart differently, as you're saying. But what I think is when God cuts to the heart, whatever that means specifically, whether it's um, what you're talking about, some people last night had said like an, when an event happens where God's clearly involved. But whatever you want to, that whatever however you want to define that, I think when God cuts to the heart, you want to respond. Like when God truly cuts to the heart, you can't walk away and ignore it. When God truly cuts to the heart, you almost feel not obligated to respond, but you have to respond. And that is, that's a awesome thing when God has moved so much or he has said something so clearly. That's, you mentioned repentance last night. That's another extreme example when, or not extreme, but that's another example when Jesus cuts to the heart about something in our life. Sometimes our response is repentance, not because we're obligated to, but because wow, we see the goodness and greatness of God and how can we not? And so that's what I think that's what I kind of took away from that, this need to respond.
1: Yeah. And, and ac- that actually reminds me of a story now. Um, and this was my, I would say, I want to say my junior year of college. Um, and we were at a retreat for athlete- athletes before the fall semester, we were on the cross crunch team and all of the fall athletes were there together for a few days. It was really a fun time, but there was a, we had uh it was a Christian university, North Central university, Um, and, and so we had this, uh, worship service at at one of the nights, um, and everyone remembers that night for, uh, one particular reason. There was a, uh, in the middle of the sermon, a bird flies through an open window into like the whole (laughs) room of a hundred plus athletes and, you know, and then it flies out, but tries to go out a different window, hits the window that is not open and falls to the ground dead right so that (laughs) that moment nobody else remembered the sermon but i did yeah the the poor speaker in that (laughs) that moment everyone's
2: like this poor bird
1: (laughs) and he lost all momentum but what had already happened in that sermon was i was cut to the heart because in that sermon the pastor began to speak about like you're not called to a position you're called to follow jesus to call to obedience and at that moment in my life, I was trying to figure out what am I doing? I don't know if I'm supposed to be a youth pastor anymore. I don't know what that meant. I was trying to wrestle with that. I didn't know God it was it was telling me to push through that. I didn't know if it was just my own emotional things that I just needed to get over it or if he was actually moving me in a different way and to view it differently. And And so I had been wrestling with it already. The Holy Spirit had been methodically and mystically working on my heart. And then he said those words. And it was like, Cut to the heart. God spoke to me and said, "I'm releasing you of that idea because I'm not call. I'm not calling you to a position. I just want you to follow me and trust me." And so that was for me a, an opportunity to hear that, receive that, and then I, how do I, how do you do anything but respond to like, okay, yeah, Jesus, I hear it and I feel it.
2: So how did you respond to that? I
1: changed my major. Yeah, <laughs> that 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 semester, I stopped being uh, stopped pursuing a youth ministry degree, and I started investigating other things and that's how I stumbled into Kai Alpha. It was that fall. So,
0: yeah. Very nice. Sweet. Yeah. So, um, going on to the next question. Um, great story, by the way, Jeff, uh, how do you think the world would change if we chose Jesus daily? Like you ended your sermon saying like repent, which basically means choose Jesus. Um, yeah. How do you, how would the world change if we do that?
2: I think a lot would change. Um, I think if we chose Jesus daily, we would see a lot of the issues in our life and in our world diminished. Um, Issues in our world, like, you have to, like, this is if everyone chose Jesus. So that, you know, that's that's not likely going to happen now, currently. That sounds pessimistic. But in the future... Um, but I think we would see a lot of our issues diminished because if we were truly choosing Jesus, and I, I think this is where, like, when we say choosing Jesus, you almost have to define it a little bit more because if, if you think of choosing Jesus as doing your devotional every day and checking off a box, like that's not changing. That will change you, like that might change your internal life, but that is not changing the world, like choosing Jesus is choosing Jesus in everything. And if you're truly choosing Jesus, if you're truly listening to him in the daily life, that again, it moves you to action. If we are truly choosing Jesus, we will be moved to action. And we can't use this idea of choosing Jesus and prayer as a cop-out for our needed actions, but if we're truly choosing him, it will move us to action and move us to action in a way where we're not only concerned about our own wants and desires, but we're concerned about the people around us. How many of our issues would be greatly diminished if we all could truly care about the other person. If we could truly, I think of justice, like there's so many justice issues, if we could truly look at what was best for the other person and act on that and let Jesus guide us in those actions, how much better off we would be.
1: Yeah, and I think if we're talking about, like in my sermon, I tried to pose this reality of what we have is an opportunity to respond, right? Like the ho- trying to make this idea of the Holy Spirit is working, And we can trust where he's leading us and he wants to reveal Jesus to us and we're led to a response to choose Jesus in that moment. And and so like I I laid out those like those four ways in which we can respond, you know, three of them being pretty unhealthy and even destructive. Um, but if we do that that fourth one of receiving and accepting that moment and in that way choosing Jesus, I think what we're doing, we're starting we're starting a new way of life that's much more active, as Catherine's saying, and not reactive. Were we starting to uh, uh, deliberately be a positive force rather than just reacting in a a multitude of different ways, right? Deflect, deny, or ignore those three ways of which we can... Those are really reactive. It's kind of showing what's on the inside already. Um, And so I I think if we started to actually, in those moments, respond by choosing Jesus, we'd start seeing ourselves... Uh, be more deliberate in our, and be more calm about our responses. And like, not as a calm, like I think there's a wide range of emotions that we can experience in this, but um, I think we would start to be able to be a healing hand in our reactions. And even how the, the crowd, they respond with a question, what should we do? Like, I love the openness that they have that they're willing to receive instruction and help. I mean, just imagine if everyone, just that alone, if we started responding to critical moments with, what should I do, you know?
2: Yeah, and I want to encourage, if you're listening to this right now, um, to come next week and listen to, next week I will be preaching, or if, if, you know, maybe this is in the future, maybe you're not listening right now, Um, But then listen to next week's sermon because the next section in Acts, we see not just the disciples, but we see the crowd moved to action and an action that does change their world. It changes how they do life. They, They chose Jesus in that moment. Crowds responded and also chose Jesus as we're talking about. And the very next passage in Acts 2, starting in verse 42, we see the beginning of the church. Which is the people move to action because they chose Jesus. So that's something you should tune into Remember and come right watch. There,
1: yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for y'all's input. Did you have anything else you wanted to add?
2: No. Thank you for all your questions.
1: Yeah. My last thought is I hope that you can, you're hoping, to, I'm hoping you can see that the Holy Spirit is trustworthy. Um, that he, in his mystical and methodical work, we can trust what he's doing, that he's illuminating Jesus to us. He's been working before us, and he's going to work after us, and he's here in this present moment, and what he's offering us is a chance to respond, and that's what I want us to do, is respond by choosing Jesus.
2: Yeet.
0: Yeah. All right, thanks for listening, guys.